Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, whatever, my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. On this channel, we are sophisticated, worldly people, and as such, it takes a lot to impress us. Oh my god, that cloud looks like a dog! Are you, are you seeing this? This is the Press Box. Being out there against the Nets, I realized that basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods. With Grainy and Bischoff. Tweet it, talk it, put it in your pocket. I've made a flimsy take and I'm proud of it. On ESPN Las Vegas. Shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins. This is going to be a terrible show today. Mm, bringing the bar down. Gooch is in here. Ed Graney is out today. So Gooch from Comp. I don't know. You the Rock Station. Him. Yeah, you normally hear him in the afternoons doing Talking God about Metallica. Maybe make, make Maybe make a few mentions uh, about genitals just to stay edgy for the kids. I mean, we talk about butts oh. almost exclusively. All right, look, I can't. That's be our a, brand. I can't be a part of such a lowbrow show if you're going to talk about butts. Listen, here's a good transition for you, Jared. R.I.P. Bubble Butts. <sighs> He's got dancing feet with that lower body. It's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. R.I.P. The first bite. R.I.P. Bubble Butt. What's that? You just heard Mike no. Mayock there. Oh. Mike Mayock loves talking Should about Should I play the other bus. one, too? Yes. Here's Mike Mayock. He's checking all the boxes, Michael. Yeah, he he really is. Look at that big bubble butt. That's a, that's a power generator, those that thighs, quads, and the bubble butt. Offensive linemen love that. Feet. Uh. Wait, wow. Yeah, mm. little moan there at the end. <laughs> when Mike Mayock was on NFL Network, he loved talking about bubble butts nonstop. And we now miss that because Mike Mayock has been fired as the Raiders GM. You know what the problem is, though? They drafted guys that don't have bubble butts. That's the problem. We did an official press box investigation. Alex Leatherwood does not have a bubble butt. He's got cardboard back there. Yeah. He went back. He went against his intuition. Against bubble butts, and look at where we're at right now. Well, I think I think it's all the proof we need that Mike Mayock didn't make these picks. Yeah. And it's all the proof we need that Alex Otherwood, no bubble butt, there's no chance Mike Mayock. You hear that? He moaned about bubble butts. Yeah, and Gruden just likes a cardboard box bottom, <laughs> apparently. He's like, the flatter the A, yeah. the more he's my he, guy. He's the guy that's like, give me that Wonder Bread white ass. Mm, please, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Give me an inverted ass is what Gruden might wants. mean... This might mean Mike Mayock goes back to TV and we get more bubble butt talk. Okay. Do we win? Does America get better? If we get that sound again, the if we're talking like the combine and we get Mike Mayock on TV going, oh, mm, yeah, uh, see, that's better. The see, bubble butt. Mm. It's one thing if he's going, look at that bubble butt. It's a big power generator. Wow. Okay. That could be used so many ways. <laughs> and, but then it was the moaning. It was the, mm. Mm. Yeah. You could As he I, soaked it in. Yeah. He, it was almost like he was having his morning coffee looking at his ass going, all right. Mm. Every time I would imagine part him, of waking up. I would imagine him biting his lower lip when ah. that moan came out. <laughs> mm. Maybe biting the tip of his finger. <laughs> so Mike backs out. You think, okay, let me ask you this. Did Mark Davis make the right decision to go ahead 
and get rid of Mike Mayock two days after the season ended? I think you have to. I think it was one of those things where you just have to get rid of anything that was Gruden-related. I, th- I don't think Bisacci's going to stick around. I think it's going to be a complete overhaul. So you think it's Gruden-related is what's happening here. So, I, you like, barring what? A Super Bowl win? Like, you think everything about this team was Gruden-related and Mark Davis was going to move on from it after this season? I think so. I just think he wanted to wash his hands of the whole thing and just start anew. Um, and plus... I mean, when you look at some of these head coaching candidates out there, there's some names that there's are some pretty names. intriguing. Intriguing. Wait, names. who intrigues you? I like Brian Flores. I would okay. love to see him come to uh, to Vegas. I'd like to see him just bring that style, that the Belichick way. You know, do your for job. So many other teams. You're right. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's. I can only think of like Vrabel, and, and but the thing is, those Flores just totally got such a raw deal. Did he? Did anybody think Tua was going to be that bad? No, people thought it was good. The second he threw a touchdown pass in the national championship. That's it. Yeah, one touchdown. It's it's Jamarcus Russell all I over again. Said, well, well. One whoa, game. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, well. no. From the 50-yard line on his knees, he could throw it past the goalpost. Oh, that was Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, can't, you can't teach that type of power. <laughs> the guy knows how to throw a ball long. What about hit a, hit a target? It's hey, Jamarcus you know, but he can throw Russell long. again. What a low blow. Well, all I'm saying is, is here's, he had, here's a fun stat for you. Tua has already thrown nine more touchdowns than Jamarcus Russell okay. in his career. Nine more. And he's only thrown 15 picks. Jamarcus Russell threw 23. I think Jamarcus Russell just wanted to get drafted number one overall. And he's like, I'm going to get fat. Second yeah, it happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just called Tua the next Jamarcus Russell. Well, okay, maybe not <laughs> next Jamarcus Russell. No, it just reminded me that one game, one championship game or a bowl game is what propelled Tua as a top 10 draft pick. And then, again, one game is what propelled Jamarcus Russell to being the number one overall draft pick. So if you're Mark Davis, are you hiring a new general manager and coach with the expectation that they're going to take this 10-win playoff losing team and say, let's add a few pieces and we can keep going and contending for the playoffs? Or do you think, He's hiring a new GM and head coach because it is, this isn't good enough. Tear it down. Let's try to rebuild. I think he should just rebuild, but I, I look at this Raiders team and all season long, Tyler, and we were talking about just how much they overachieved, overachieved, overachieved. The fact that they won 10 games is pretty remarkable. Can we expect that to happen again? I mean, that's like a magical season, wouldn't you say? And then plus yeah. when you look at some of the things that happened along the way, COVID took out some of their uh, opposing team's quarterbacks. The Raiders definitely got, had a lot of easy meals just slid to them on a plate. Like Nick Mullins? Yeah, there you go. I, who they barely beat. Who they barely beat. I believe the Raiders had the worst point differential in NFL history for a 10-win team. Yeah. And I, I need to double check. I think they might have had the worst point differential for any team that won at least nine games, too. Like, they were minus 60-something after the regular season like they they weren't that good this year yeah. they, the reality is like their performance is more indicative of a seven win team than a 10 win team now they won 10 games and they got in the playoffs and like can't take that away from Derek Carr and Rich Versace and Mike Mayock but if you're evaluating for the future hey how good was this team it wasn't actually that good and if they just tried to run everything back the same for next year they're probably winning seven games. Right. And again, hey, I got to give the Raiders credit for how the fight they put up. I thought Cincinnati was going to drum them. 
thought they were going to roll them right out. And then they came back, came all the way down to the end. Yeah. Got to throw you. Got to throw your. Just got to throw your hands up in the air. And, ah. If Zay Jones had a bubble butt, that last pass might have been caught. Still short of the end zone, but might That's have been caught. That's what it was. That's what it was. Why weren't the commentators bringing that up? They're like, oh, and the lack of bubble butt on Zay just led to those. Because Mike Mayock got hired off of TV. Once he's back on TV, that'll be right back in the conscious of the football media. You know, right back <laughs> in the world, everyone will be like, ooh, the bubble butts. That's the one thing everybody thinks. Like, if, if you get a guy off TV, you, I just expect Steve Kerr results, like, right from TV, right from being an analyst to th- getting thrown right into a major position and building an NFL team. You better have that kind of <laughs> luck, you know? You better win three straight titles if mm-hmm. you're coming out of TV. Or else beat it. He couldn't even draft his own bubble butts, though. It's Again, that's the biggest problem. with the If we look back on the Mike Mayock era, the biggest problem is the players they drafted in the first round did not have bubble butts. They did not have power generators that Mike Mayock could go, mm. Mm, Yeah, look at all that power being generated. Yeah. And we joke about it, but Cleveland Furl, there's no power generating bubble butt back no. there. Alex uh-uh. Leatherwood, there's no power generating bubble butt You can butt balance back a there. book on his body. Right? Like, you look at all these first, I mean, technically corners and safeties probably shouldn't really have bubble butts. That might be a hindrance, but like, what? Josh Jacobs might have the best bubble butt of any player they drafted in the first round. Wow, I didn't know we were doing that. I didn't know we were rating bubble butts. What do you butts. think we do here on the press box? <laughs> I told you, we have a brand. <laughs> we have a brand. This is the kind of delirium that happens when you wake up at six and five in the morning, six in the morning. I don't know this. <laughs> Let me ask you another question about the process here. When the Raiders fired John Gruden, right? They were the first team to be, you know, without a head coach for next season. <laughs> There is a new NFL rule that in the final two weeks of the regular season, you're allowed to interview other teams' assistant coaches for your head coaching position if you have an opening. And the Raiders had an opening. We saw the Jacksonville Jags. They interviewed a whole bunch of coaches in those first two weeks. The Raiders did not interview anybody. And the reports were that Mark Davis was focused on this team making the playoffs, and he didn't want to provide any distractions whatsoever. The fact that he's now come out and fired Mike Mayock 48 hours after getting eliminated from the playoffs and the fact that he's already interviewed coaches, even though Rich Passaccia still exists, does that kind of defeat the entire purpose of, hey, I'm not interviewing anybody during the season? Like, he obviously had his mind made up as soon as the season was over. He's firing these guys. Why did he wait a month? Before trying to interview, anybody. yeah, he, didn't I, interview, he could have interviewed. He could have had like 17 interviews already done. This is Mark the Broncos Davis. have interviewed 20 people already. This is Mark Davis we're talking about. He has made some major head scratching decisions. Starts with the haircut, and then just giving all that money to Gruden initially. Again, this is somebody that wasn't out of that was somebody that was out of coaching for a decade, and then you expect that that style of football to work, and it was. Kind of, but I think he was still evaluating players the same way he did 10 years ago instead of how you're supposed to evaluate them now. I mean, it's like the the NFL athlete in today's day and age is not exactly the same as it was 10, 15 years ago. Did they have bubble butts 15 years ago? Oh, yeah. Every player did. Go every ahead. player. Yes. Well, uh-huh. every good player. Yeah. Not right. every player. Go ahead. Check Walter Payne's ass. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it, was all, it was all heart. All right. Coming up next, maybe the reason the Cardinals lost. Because Kyler Murray doesn't have a bubble butt. Chase Edmonds is the back next to Kyler. Takes the snap, sets the laces, bounces in the pocket, hit from behind, flips it forward. It is intercepted! Intercepted! A pick six! David Long Jr. 
clutch it at the one. He's got an interception return for a touchdown. With a single back, Connor. They play fake to him. Murray sets up the screen. The ball is tipped. The ball is juggled. The ball is intercepted. The Rams take it away again at midfield. It's Marquise Copeland with a moment he'll never forget. A playoff pick for the defensive lineman out of Cincinnati. Where we could be. Did you expect Kyler Murray to be Carson Wentz in the playoffs? No, I did not expect that. Just chuck it from his own end zone. Can you call it an interception return for a touchdown if you catch it in the end zone? Oh, that's <laughs> You're asking me if the tree falls in the woods type of questions. That's that's too philosophical. All right. Do you believe in Kyler Murray? Yes. That's his first playoff game. He was 19 of 34 for 137 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. The first eight Cardinals drives ended with either a punt or a turnover. It was bad. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. It was really bad. And then he threw the interception from his own end zone. But you know what? When you look at Lamar Jackson's first playoff game, you look at Josh Allen's first playoff game, not pretty. So when you look at two quarterbacks that haven't won the Super Bowl's first playoff game. Right. But okay. the thing is, though, is we're talking about young players that were drafted around the same time frame. They're only a year apart. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. That's it. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, it's like Baker Mayfield will good against the Steelers. Would you take Baker Mayfield over over Kyler Murray? Absolutely here, here not. Go. Here we go with you Baker wouldn't. Mayfield. Oh boy, I'm just talking about quarterbacks that were drafted in that in like you know three year span. Lamar yeah. Jackson is one and three in the playoffs in his career. Yeah, I think that's another question. Same with Kyler. Can you win with Lamar Jackson? Uh, I've always I've always believed that Lamar Jackson, it's like eventually NFL teams are going to figure him out. It feels like they are. Like he always starts off strong and then kind of trails off towards he the end. He gets hurt. Yeah, I know. But that's what happens when you play that kind of, that's what happens when you play that style of quarterbacking. Josh Allen, I, I'm, I'm amazed that he's still upright after this season because the guy puts his body out there. He's a thick boy. He's a thick boy. Great bubble butt on that guy. Probably does. Great yeah. squatting I'm on ability. It. Yeah, yeah. Let exactly. Us, let us know, Jared. Check the circumference of his bubble butt. Get, Thank get you. Get the Google image search fired up there. <laughs> It'll be very, very helpful there. Um, I Okay. It's obviously totally right off Kyler Murray and the yeah, Arizona it, Cardinals. Like right. one playoff game. Granted, as bad as it possibly could have gone. But one playoff game does not mean much of anything in terms of Kyler Murray. But... I do wonder. I mean, it's a fair question. Like, is Kyler Murray good enough that he can be the reason you win playoff games? Right now, what's Kyler Murray? Probably somewhere like in the 9 to 10 range, best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd say that. Like, is he more likely to be Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson? See, I think he's more on the Josh Allen track. I just think he had a bad playoff game. This is his, what, third season? In the NFL, and he already got the Cardinals back into the playoffs. That says something right away, wouldn't it? And then he loses his top target. DeAndre Hopkins was not playing. And when DeAndre Hopkins does play with Kyler Murray, that connection is amazing. So, I mean, I don't want to put it all on Kyler. I will say that DeAndre Hopkins connection with everyone is amazing. Like he made Ryan Fitzpatrick one year in Houston look like a 
star. But you know what? I've seen the connection with Odell look amazing, with the exception of one guy. You know, so it's like you still have to have All that right, quarterback. Browns fan, how are you feeling about Odell Beckham last night? I feel the same way I've always felt. I'm like, well, if you could get him the ball, he's going to do good things. Catches a touchdown, threw a 40-yard pass. What, how are you feeling, Browns fan? Uh, hey. He I, was supposed I, to do that for the Browns in the playoffs, He right? was supposed to do it for the Browns. I'm not mad at him. I'm mad. I'm mad I mean, at I'd, be a, I'd be a little mad why'd at you him. Bring, why'd we bring the reasonable Browns fan in here? <laughs> you just want be, me to be like, ah! It's supposed to be mad at everybody. Well, right. <laughs> mad at Odell, mad at Baker. Well, I've been doing a lot of yoga, really trying to center my chi. Uh, yeah, the last few years, it's, uh, whew, boy, it's rough. Is it centered? No, no, it's absolutely Where is not. it at? How it's far, very tilted. How far off center is oh, it? Oh, wow. Far right. Where, yeah, very far right. <laughs> <laughs> just anywhere but center. Um. No, I, I don't know. I, I just look at Odell and I say, this is a guy who's unbelievably talented, one of the most skilled players we've seen, one of the greatest athletes in the NFL, and coaches all the way down the line will tell you Odell Beckham is like a top five athlete in the NFL, not just wide receiver, just athlete in general. And the Browns couldn't do anything with him. And then all of a sudden he goes to the Rams with a capable quarterback that knows how to use a player, that that understands what a special player could do to the, to an opposing defense and then target him. I don't understand what the problem was with Cleveland. So again, Odell's dad was 100% right. I don't like it when parents get involved, but he was 100% right. So you're the Browns. Are you keeping Baker next year? Oh, that's rough because I'm telling you all season long, all it was was double pump. Like when the ball's supposed to be out, he's pumping. And I'm like, no, get it out. And he just, it's got to move the safety with the pump. You got it. Well, that the thing is, though, is we're talking about passes that are open and he's double pumping. No, he's like, the safety. I, I want to make sure safety. he's super open before I throw it. It's like, man, get rid of the ball. You got to be more decisive. And that's not injuries. That's just him letting the game get to him. So are you moving on from Baker? Mayfield? I think so. You got one year left on his rookie deal. I'd be amazed if he came back and played very well last year. I mean, next year. I'd be amazed if he comes back next year and plays well. So what would you like the Browns to do? Like, uh, do they just need to draft another quarterback? Do they? Do you want to see them try to chase down Russell Wilson or trade for Deshaun Watson? Or are you just like... I mean, it, it goes like this. It's like you look at Deshaun Watson's talent. Yeah, amazing. He would go to Cleveland and instantly make them a playoff team, and they would go deep into the playoffs. But with all the accusations around, I mean, we're in the, what, 22, 24 accusations? You can't bring that to the team. Russell Wilson... Um, when his team is good, he's amazing. The Browns don't have a DK Metcalf type player. They don't have a Tyler Lockett type player that they he did. could use. They did. They did. They did. Thank you. I love the past tense. It's beautiful. <laughs> they had to get rid of him. So I, again, like his dad was upset. I don't know. I don't know. I do think with Kevin Stefanski's system, it's like when you're just going off play action and just running the ball, I don't think that's a very hard system for a quarterback to be in. There were a lot of open plays that Baker just was not seeing. And just not see it. Just not see it. But then when you look at Kirk Cousins, what, what does he do again? He puts up another quiet big season, another t- quiet oh, top boy. 10 season. You know it's bad when you're longing for Kirk Cousins. I know. Oh, God, come to me, Kurt. Ugh. Kurt. Kurt. Kirk. 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 Cousins. You know, disappointing this week. These games sucked. Oh, my God. We got six playoff games over the span of three days. There were zero lead changes in the second half. Of any of those games. Only two finished with one possession games. That was the Cowboys 49ers and the Bengals Raiders. This weekend sucked. Yeah. That's like the worst weekend of playoff football like we've ever had. Well, when you throw in another extra team. 
you're think just going to get I mean, subpar play. But all the other teams suck too. Ugh. But again, I just but when I'm talking about blowouts, how many blowouts do we have this weekend? Yeah. Blowouts. Four of them. Four yeah. Six games. That's but what like, happens when you have too many bad teams in the playoffs. And another game that lines up well. They tell the season. Just, you're like, it wasn't just the seven seats that got blown out. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, when you, if you would have had been able to sit your one and two seeds like before, it'd probably be a little bit closer, I would think. Well, the six seats got manhandled. The the biggest blowout of the weekend was the Bills and Patriots. Oh, we knew that was coming, though. No, we didn't. no, we didn't. You did it. I felt it. I felt, I dude, it just felt like the last. Uh, you felt I it. I felt Listen it. I felt it. I was like, oh, here come the Bills. They're going to destroy the Patriots. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I didn't think it was going to be a snuff film, but it was bad. Could it be argued that the most, the two most fun games were the fact that the Bills just kept scoring at, at nauseum and the fact that Andy Reid was just like, go do something fun at the goal line. I just, mean, the, the most fun game was the Cowboys pooping their pants on. Like, <laughs> All yes. right, that's fair. Like, that was the most fun, hands down. But yes. Debo Samuel just sort of zigzagging through. Josh me. Allen just simply not being stopped for an entire game. It's, it's entertaining. It was entertaining. And again, when you watch a team that has been manhandled for what close to two decades now by but when you're talking about the Patriots and the bills and then the bills come out and just destroy them like that. Now granted, it makes a big deal when Debo isn't in the neighborhood anymore. And I'm talking about Debo for me and I'm referring to Tom Brady as Debo. Who that was a very confusing reference. Yes. Not only because okay. I don't know who Debo is, but also have you seen Friday, the movie Friday starring one ice cube and Chris Tucker. Have you seen Friday? No. Tiny Zeus Lester played a character named Debo, and he intimidated he, he's everybody. He's not tiny. That's a thing. That's where they get you. Calls himself tiny, but he's not tiny. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, buddy. But he used to run I, rough I'm shot gonna, over the neighborhood, and that's what Tom Brady was over the AFC East. Okay. Now that he's not there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the AFC trust, East is wide open. I'm going to trust that other people got your reference. I know they did. that it wasn't a I know nightmare. they did. Have you ever heard this before? You got knocked the f*** out! Uh, no? No? Okay. Do you know what by Felicia By Felicia. Oh, I've heard that. Is that from a movie? It's from the movie Friday. It's from the movie Friday. No. Oh, God. Definitely heard by Felicia before. I just, I, that's a thing, Tyler. It's so crazy because you are the sports talk host. That's all you watch. It's all you adjust (laughs) is nothing but sports. Anything involving fantasy or a sword, you're not into it. You just that's not true. He's seen he's seen all of Harry Potter and all of Star Wars. Okay, which is fantasy in space. Though though that was girlfriend related, I guarantee it. No, it was pandemic. It was pandemic related when all the sports were gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just when there were no sports to watch. Tyler goes from watching like huge men just slam into one another to to six year olds waving a wand around, and he's I could just see you dying every single day, not from COVID, during COVID. He was breaking down that the Empire was not uh, being efficient with their uh, resources when they built the second Death Mm -hmm. Star. Not at all. You already it already got blown up. Well, sitting here like this thing can't be destroyed, and like, yeah, let's build another one. Well, yeah, the they funny thing is, is, it's like yeah, this thing can't be destroyed, and then they build another one, but it only takes like a year to build something the size of a planet. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we got it. So they maybe they were efficient with their resources because they could quickly build it, right? But very dumb with their logic as to what. Let's they leave large holes. Yeah. Wow, Tyler's upset that, of the lack of human resources <laughs> uh, on the Death Star. It's not good. Coming up next, <laughs> David Roth joins the show. 
We're on month three of Dishwasher Watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to the Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. David, how's the dishwasher? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, not improving, but it hasn't gotten worse. I, I think that the electrician has ghosted me, and I need to find a new electrician. So, oh. If any of you guys know someone, Upper Manhattan, Bronx area, an electrician who will uh, do something that apparently is going to take 15 minutes and cost $200, anybody that wants that, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking very strongly into hiring somebody. I feel like uh, we've talked about this dishwasher for like three months now. I don't know yeah. what it looks like. Like, what color is it? Where's the silverware little rack thing? Like, how is this dishwasher? Oh, I'd love to walk you through it. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Thanks. Great question. Um, it is. It's a uh, you know stainless steel finish on the oh. outside. Still got the plastic uh, shrink wrap on. I haven't taken that off yet. It's critical. Uh, and the way that it's kind of been pushed into the uh, situation with the counter. Sometimes there's, like, you know, if we've been chopping stuff on the cutting board, I'll have to, like, uh, clean some crumbs off the door because it's not all the way in yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the stuff that's on the inside, you know, pretty standard dishwasher finishings. Uh, it's sort of a dark gray plastic, uh, runs on rails. Uh, it doesn't have the little lid for the silverware uh, section, which I never understood because I don't know what's that even for. Like, I just, I'll let it, I'll let it breathe, leave it open, um, you know, get the entire fork clean. That's my methodology, anyway. I understand other people have different approaches. Uh, I could probably do all 15 minutes on this if you want. <laughs> Can't you hire, like, a neighborhood kid in the Bronx to clean your dishes, kind of like the way you do with a lawn or something? <laughs> Contracting it? Yeah. Yeah, it's harder. So this is something where uh, if you haven't been having this conversation with me for three months on the on the uh, show, you might have missed this. <laughs> my building's got a lot of rules. So, like, I could probably do that, but it would be the sort of thing where that kid would have to, like, fax a proposal of yeah. work. To the board, at which point they would be, you know, like, like we'll address it at our next Politburo meeting in like six weeks or something like that. Like, yeah, this you're, is you're over here like, kid, I'd love to hire you, but you got to be union. Yeah, that's right. And you got to be bonded. Of course, you got to be insured. There's a whole, yeah, you got to, at this point, too, there's also like, you have to know a guy. Like, if you, if like Mike doesn't like you, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And right. like, no one's met Mike. Probably not very nice. Yeah. That's just how it is. Uh, more or less competent. Uh, the people trying to install your dishwasher or your building not letting you install your dishwasher or NFL referees? Oh, God. I mean, I think my, my opinions on the uh, first group are a matter of public record at this point. Bizarrely, like an extremely well-documented matter of public record. <laughs> I couldn't believe uh, how bad the officiating was over the weekend. And I've been watching games all year. Like, it's never good. But the stuff like the the whistle blown during Joe Burrow's touchdown pass was like literally I've never seen that before. And like, I've been to high school football games. Like I've, like, you know, <laughs> it's just, I, I still think that's going to wind up being like a whistle from the stands or something like that. Like, it's just, it, it felt like that's not even a thing. I mean, I guess an inadvertent whistle does happen and maybe these guys are nervous too, but it was like, that was strange. And then just so much of the rest of it, the end of that, like Cowboys 49ers game, like the obviously, um, Mike McCarthy deserves all the credit for the way that that wrapped up. But there was just like the, the pace at the end of these things has a real, like, you know, it's postseason football. Like it shouldn't feel like the end of like, uh, you know, hard fought conference game between two, four win programs in a college basketball season. Uh, all right. So the NFL has taken over popularity in this country. They've been doing that for a couple of decades now. 
and you know, baseball's fallen behind here, but I, I think I finally understand why. And it's a tweet from Pablo Torre who said mm-hmm. that the NFL is America's pastime because nothing else makes such great entertainment out of people's incompetence. Yeah. I think that's basically it's what's weird about all of this. People were saying this over the weekend and it's like, it's strange because there's a part of me that's like, I like it when football is good. Like, I like watching a high-quality, you know, shootout. I like, I don't even mind, like, a defense up. Like, that's how I'm, I know that I'm, like, steering into the the old age part of my life. But just, like, really good defensive back play, like, that gets me going. You know, like, I'll watch a 10-7 game and not even really get mad about it. That said, it is so much more fun when people are screwing up. Everybody's having more fun when, like, Mike McCarthy is just, like, speaking into a headset that's not connected to anything, just, like, an elaborate Dairy Queen order. You know, like, there's... That element of it is like, and you know, like the fact that it gets played, like, you know, like the Buffalo New England game and stuff like that, that periodically it just gets played in completely unholy circumstances. Like, you can't admit it because it's the NFL, like, they would never say it. But there's this element of like sadistic comedy to it that, like, absolutely makes bad games watchable in a way. You know, like, not every game, you know, like the Eagles in the postseason, like, that just shouldn't happen. That should be televised. <laughs> Like exclusively in foreign markets that we're like actively at war with, <laughs> but the rest of it is like yeah, like the dumber it is, the better it is. Like I, you can't explain it, and the NFL can't market it. They can't like plan for it. Take the like, Eagles, yeah, if you watch, North Korea. You know. All right, same idea. NBA is the best thing we're going to get out of the playoffs. Russell Westbrook either being terrible or awesome. He was kind of spunky last night. The Lakers are real bad. I mean. But yeah, boy, the uh, the getting tormented by the Sacramento Kings PA system is like really a pretty rough end of your career. Like if this is really how it ends, is with a bunch of like gags having to do with like what is it like the foreigner song? Like them just playing cold as ice, like in Luke Graham's voice every time he misses a jumper. That's not the you know dignified send off that Russell Westbrook has earned. It's rough to watch. He he misses shots like pretty regularly in ways that I've not seen professional players miss shots. You know what I mean? Like he'll just like bank one off, like the not like a part of the backboard. That's just like there for cosmetic reasons, you know, just like, cause it needs to be square. Like he'll take those little like weird elbow jumpers and just like throw it like two feet to the upper left of the little square. And then just like, if somebody gets confused, gets the rebound and everybody just runs it back. Like it didn't happen. LeBron's got to make it work. I, I enjoyed him apologizing on Twitter to Lakers fans. Like this team's not going to be good this season, but he's apologizing. Like they're going to turn it around. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what you have to do. I was, they were saying this morning that like Frank Vogel's on the hot seat and he's being evaluated from one game to the next. And like, I'm sure that's true. I mean, like I don't have an especially high opinion of Frank Vogel, but this definitely feels like one of those things where like, what are you supposed to do with that roster? Like this is, and you know, I and mean, you can't blame Frank Vogel for that. Like, I think, to a more or less degree, like I, I don't know what Rob Polinka actually does beyond like show up at games and confuse people who briefly think they've seen Rob Lowe. Like he doesn't <laughs> like the roster really feels like a LeBron production and like it's bad. Like there's only so much you can do with it. I don't think that any coach could really get beyond. I mean, like Westbrook has the last couple of years started off really slow and improved a little bit down the stretch, but the rest of it is just like, it's not a very good team. Like it's, not very deep. It's old. The most interesting players, like, I mean, the players with some degree of upside, like Malik Monk and stuff like that are, they would be good rotation guys. Like they're not the sort of 
players that are going to like turn your season around because they suddenly figure stuff out. So, yeah, I don't know what they do. Last week, I asked you the, the fun sports debate question about John Morant and will he be the best, uh, good enough to be the best player on a team that wins a title? Um, are, are we entering a territory where the Grizzlies actually are title contenders this year? I, I wonder about that. So, because I've been talking to Grizzlies fans about this because, like, I want the answer to be yes. And, like, every time I see them, you know, in a national game, they look amazing. And actual Grizzlies fans uh, will complain about Jaws' defense, they'll complain about the team's defense. And I think that that, to a certain extent, is just like being a fan brain disease, you know, where like it's just, it could never be good enough. It always, there always has to be something to worry about. I also think probably comparing them to like the Tony Allen, Zach Randolph teams, like maybe the defense isn't quite at that level. But like, yeah, I don't really see why not. Like, of all the, you know, the teams that looked really good early in the season, the, they're the one that like still looks the best. I think the Warriors will be fine. Curry's in like a bizarre shooting slump, but those never really last very long. Uh, and I think that the Warriors seemed to me and still kind of seem to be like the team that's, you know, that little percentage better that I would make them favorites. But yeah, like I wouldn't pick against the Grizzlies in any series right now. Like who's better than them, you know? Uh, are we going to have an NBA playoffs turn by injuries again? Anthony Davis is out. Kevin Durant's going to miss like a month here. Like, are we about to have another NBA playoffs where it's like, oh, yeah, well, they they got there because Nikola Jokic tore his ACL in the second round. Right. I mean, I really hope not, but it does seem like one of those things. Like, I was hoping that just, in, you know, in terms of like the way that these things go, like earlier in the year, I was like, yeah, Jamal Murray will be back. Like, I don't know that Michael Porter is going to play this year. I think he's not. Right. But that like, I was sort of hoping that like, you know, guys would come back. And that that would be, you know, more of the story that like, and hopefully, you know, everything stays good for clay. And like that is, and, and maybe Jamal Murray does get back and we get some good, you know, sort of stories like that for the playoffs. I don't know though. Like I'm a little worried about it. And at this point, like, I guess you can sort of say that it's, you know, the way they bent the last few seasons out of shape with the bubble and the cancellations and the pandemic and all that. But yeah, that does have that feeling like Durant getting hurt. And then the Nets actually have looked like without him, they look bad. Like it's, and I don't know if it's that Kyrie isn't ready to like, or isn't like, you know, in a groove yet one way or the other, but the ball doesn't move at all. Like with Durant, like with Durant and their rotation guys, I wouldn't pick against the Nets to come out of the East. And without him, even with Harden and and Kyrie, like they just kind of don't look that good. And that part of it, like when you're aware, like of what you're missing because of an injured player, like, that's always a drag. It's just really hard to put it out of your mind, for me anyway. I think we're going to obviously start every interview asking about dishwashers. I think I'm now going to start ending every interview asking you, what day will the first Major League Baseball game be played this season? Oh, God. This is, you know, obviously I would love to work the uh, dishwasher thing out. It's a great bit. <laughs> I feel like we doesn't have another month in it. Uh, but this baseball one, I'm going to say and this will be like me being hopeful. This is the last time I think I can probably say that it will be regular opening day. I would love it if this moves, you know, like quickly as these things can sometimes move when everybody's on the same page, but the pace with which they, like the fact that they didn't really start talking in earnest, didn't even exchange proposals until January. It just feels like everyone's going to have to do a much better job than I expect them to do for this to, for there to be games in, you know, or late March, early April. 
here you go, David. Here's a prediction for you. We will have a regular season baseball game before your dishwasher is ready to go. That, honestly, I can't bet against that. Like, I feel like it's the sort of thing where, I mean, I don't know what the owners and the union are doing right now, but I am aware of what the scene is like with electricians willing to service my building and with the way that this building works. So even if they do a bunch of things wrong, I think it's going to be very close. He is David Roth from Defector. David, <laughs> guys. as always, we appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Oh, those pruny hands. Just so you know, Gooch, I think it was like around Halloween, yep. mid to late October, David Roth was getting his dishwasher replaced. It's been that long. And I don't remember why he brought it up, but he just mentioned it to us in passing about it. And in his living room, and he, like, it was just sitting yeah. in his living room. Because he, he had his old, his old one broke or something. Guys, I don't a know a lot one. about dishwashers. But the last place you put it is the living room. Well, because he still had his old dishwasher. Yeah, I know, yeah. And apparently at his building, he's got to go through so many steps just to get somebody to come in and take the old dishwasher and then come in and set the new dishwasher up to a point where it's not happening. You know what this does? It just makes me so thankful I'm not living in a dump like New York. It's fair. And buildings and, oh, God. It's like you're just living with, like, hundreds of other people in, like, one building. They had to tell, they had to, like, schedule at one point, we're going to shut the water off and let, like, five people get their dishwashers hooked up. Like, because they got to shut the water off for everybody, apparently, when they hook up a dishwasher. So it's a, it's a, it's serious. I mean, we're talking, like, a three- or four-month process here where he has not had a working dishwasher. Yeah. I you you have to shut the water off to the whole building, <laughs> so one dishwasher can get fixed. Yes. Wow, that it sounds like setup. it sounds like communism almost. I mean, it's, it's like setup. we can't let it, no one left behind. All right, coming up next, how bad did the Golden Knights blow it last night? Penguins control. Connor plays it out here as Crosby towards the empty net. He scores. Sidney Crosby empty net goal. Pittsburgh five, Vegas three, with a minute eight to go. I want to give you one follow-up here, uh, thanks to Willie Ramirez, who looked this up. The Raiders had the worst point differential in NFL history uh, for any 10-win team at minus 65. Second worst point differential in NFL history for any team to have a winning record. Uh, the two, or excuse me, the 1992 Colts went nine and seven and were outscored by 86 points. Was Jim Harbaugh their quarterback back then? Sounds about right. That actually does sound about right. Yeah. <laughs> so the Raiders had a historically impressive record based on their point differential. Jim Harbaugh was the original play like crap for 55 minutes. And then suddenly like, Oh, the last five minutes I can do this competently. Yeah. So he's going to be a great coach for the Raiders. My mechanics work with the last three <laughs> minutes on the, on the line. So quickly here, the golden Knights, they lost last night, five to three to the penguins. The golden Knights had a three, nothing lead after th- one period last night. Three nothing leads are pretty relatively hard to mess safe. up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty safe lead. Um Pittsburgh then outshot Vegas 13 to nothing to start the second period. They scored twice. Uh it is the first time this season the Golden Knights have allowed five unanswered goals in a game. Uh I saw people that cover the Penguins tweeting like this might be the win of the season for the Penguins, given the Golden Knights are good. It was on the road and they were down three nothing and came back to win. Um I don't think it matters, though, for the Golden Knights, primarily because I don't think anything really that happens in the regular season matters that much for the Golden Knights. No, a collapse is just an off day. I mean, these things, it's so quick for a a game like hockey, which I'm not saying there's not a game plan, but there's just so much like, oh, we can introduce you to this. My favorite saying about hockey is that hockey is dumb. 
Oh, <laughs> the way. Do you get that from Plato? No, if we had a budget, there would be press box shirts that just on the front say hockey is dumb. The way like goals are scored in that game, the way that certainty you can dominate for the entire game and still lose because hockey's dumb. And sometimes you just score because you shot goalie's butt pad and he skated back into the net. Like it's somebody scored with their butt earlier this year yeah, for the goal. Zach, I think it was Chandler I mean, Stevenson. I mean, Zach Whitecloud, literally, I think his first goal was, was it off his butt? I think so. Like it's a dumb sport. Like, Dumb things get rewarded. So, yes, hockey is dumb. Continue. But yeah. <laughs> but when the game but when the game is scored like that and you're just talking about like half the time is just off of ricochets alone, um it doesn't matter. Like a, a game, you could have like a horrible night like the Vegas like the Knights had and you could still rebound the very next game. It, I mean they I don't think it's anything indicative yeah. for things to come. They did honestly play like pretty terrible last night. They had gone like 20 something games in a row without being outshot by their opponent. They were being outshot by twenty going into the third period last night. Like they they got hammered last night, and and that's something we kind of have to expect. I mean, when you're going to go twenty something straight games, and you're going to outshoot the opponent, yeah. I mean, there's going to be nights where you just get completely no, destroyed, and everything everybody, is done. Every game for the rest of time, everything <laughs> fire everybody. Everything else is unacceptable. We have not nearly enough time to let this question breathe. Robin Leonard, good enough to win a Stanley Cup for the Golden Knights. Oof. It's rough, man. It's rough. Like one minute, one minute you're like, oh, we're going to be just fine. But again, I mean, when you have a record like where you outshoot the opposing team, that obviously has something to do with the goalie, I would imagine. So obviously he's fitting the style. He's fitting the team. But when he gets to the postseason, we kind of know what's going to happen. He has his second worst save percentage of his career this season. And technically we could call it his worst because his worst was his rookie year when he played eight total games. So this is like he's he's having his worst career season pretty much. But right the Knights now. are having a good season. Yes, because they're a very good team. And this is again, I don't believe hardly anything that happens in the regular season is that important for the Golden Knights. As long as they're in the playoffs, they're fine. And they're probably gonna win the division. Division's bad. The Robin Leonard question is about the postseason. Is Robin Leonard good in the postseason? Because we've seen the Golden Knights have good teams that lose in the postseason. They've had massive scoring droughts. But we've also seen instances where, like, the first year, Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't good in the Stanley Cup final, right? He gave up four goals on a five-minute power play in year two. Like, they've had, hell, last year he kicked one into his own net against Montreal. It's going to be about the playoffs. Everything Robin Leonard does in the regular season, irrelevant. All about the playoffs.